episode 18 of the Bridgeport Zone podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. Going to talk about some confusing things happen to open the new year. State and national. Crazy, huh? Nothing's crazy about this guy. He's Mr. Billy Target to get things going. Thank you for listening and Happy New Year. It is 2023 and 2023 is supposed to be a start where everything starts over, starts fresh and so forth. But not this calendar year. It's unusual the things that have happened very recently. And I'm going to start out in state. Again, congratulating Marcus Brown Harrigan who won The 127th district, it boggled my mind when this happened. It really did. It happened during a city council meeting where Marcus Brown Harrigan was going to step aside, resign, go to Hartford as a state rep, and everything's going to be kumbaya, hunky-dory, congratulations, do all for Bridgeport. But Maria Pereira stepped in, and she stepped in and did what only Maria Pereira does. She stepped in, she walked out of the council meeting, and people asked her why. Pretty much, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm walking out of the city council meeting, I'm walking out because Marcus Brown Harrigan won an election where there is election fraud. That's pretty much what she said. So she said she's going to go to Hartford, protest the election of Marcus Brown Harrigan, go to the state officials, file a complaint to have the election of Marcus Brown Harrigan pretty much investigated. And something tells me, it's just me, just me, that this is never going to end. This is not going to end at all. It's not going to end pretty. It's not going to end with any resolution or 
anything. Who knows what came up of this? We saw what she did with Dennis Bradley and Jessica Martinez Munoz on the um, campaign fundraiser where the trial hasn't gotten going yet. So I really don't know where this is going. Maybe, just maybe, she could be a sore loser. Who knows? I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. I don't think she's doing it out of any spite, doing it in front of the city council where, you know, city council is a city council. It could do whatever they want. But this sounds like something that only if and only if things happen. And it happened. She thinks that there is a wrong here. I do not know why she thinks that. It's supposed to be a blissful day for him. And hopefully it didn't interrupt him getting sworn in to the state office. But who knows? Like I said before, sometimes when it comes down to things like this, being the um, disruptor and so forth, that things like this maybe has a credence of truth to it. I do not know personally. I think this was solved in the courts. The courts solved this. They said they don't find anything wrong with the elections. Ballots were missing. So I do not know. I do not know where she's going with this. I do know this. Marcus Brown Harrigan was sworn in as a state rep for representing the 127th district. Jack Hennessy lost. I hope he's doing well, whatever he's doing. I'm not going to say move on from this, but if she's going to get anything out of this, something has to be done. And for the life of me, when is there any statute of limitations on what can be done? Who can it be done to? How can it be done? I really don't know. I honestly don't know. But this comes at a point in time where all parties are trying to get their uh, act together. And here we have Maria Pereira saying, "Uh, I'm going to walk out. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of a guy resigning his seat and then deciding to uh, go to Hartford, where he got elected, by the way. He was elected by the people. And go to Hartford, get sworn in, and then not, not in the least, in the least say there was voter fraud here. You know where I heard voter fraud from? Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. And then most recently, Kari Lake, the nominee for the governor, Republican governor of Arizona who lost, also said there was voter fraud. January the 6th, there were many people who had received awards from the federal government about their uh, involvement in the insurrection, Republicans and Democrats, about doing the right thing. She's not Donald Trump. She's not this. I didn't say that. I just said, 
the first I've heard of voter fraud is from Donald Trump. Cheating, lying, votes are being suppressed and so forth. I think this has to be taken, I'm not going to say with a grain of salt, that's too too much of a word I'm going to use. It has to be taken with this in mind. Jack Hennessy won by two votes. Marcus Brown Harrigan originally won five votes. Revisiting history here. There were like one, two, three recounts. Read back the history. Please read back the history to me. And when voter fraud came up, it's when because Jack Hennessy lost in the third, the thing the third time. Because Marcus Brown Harrigan won by five votes. Hennessy won by two. And then in another recount, Harrigan won by three. But you guys know the history. I'm not going to revisit it anymore. They then had another election because the judge pretty much got tired of the bullshit and said, okay, fuck this. You're going to have another election. Next time, visit state voting officials. And that's what Maria Pereira is attempting to do. She's attempting to go to the state voting officials, election officials, I should say, and say, there's voter fraud here. I don't know. I really don't know. I've always said when you see a baseball game and the manager, you know, hey, says, hey, bring in another pitcher. This guy's worn out, tired. Hey, I need another pitcher. I don't know if that's the case with Maria Pereira. She might have a point. Is there voter fraud here? That's the question. If there is, fine, investigate it. If it's not, move on. Please move on. If the state finds that there's voter fraud here, okay, fine. But if they find that it's not, move on. You got business to conduct in Bridgeport. You got business to be conducted in Hartford. You got business to be conducted at the federal level. It's time to move on. If they say no, move on. I mean, please. So you walk out of the city council meeting. You think anybody's going to care? You think anybody's going to say, oh, wow, Maria Pereira walked out of the city council meeting. We had to ask why. No, don't ask why. Tell her to get on with the business of the city of Bridgeport. Get on with it. Why is the mayor doing this? Why is the mayor doing that? That should be the business that Maria Pereira should be conducting as a city councilwoman. Not all this other stuff. You want to complain to the election officials in the state? Be my guest. But if they say, I'm sorry, there is nothing to be had here. There's no evidence of election fraud. Move the fuck on. Move on. People are going to say, hey, Maria, please move on. If they haven't yet. I'm surprised they haven't yet. They should now. Don't get me wrong. Love Maria Pereira. She's tremendous. She gets things done. If she's in the right, she files the paperwork. Hey, Maria Pereira, you got yourself a case. All right, let's move on from this. But if she's wrong, it's time to move on. Time to move on. It really is time to move on. Can't have this. There's other business to be done in Bridgeport. 
and not of, hey, we need to investigate voter fraud in the Marcus Brown Harrigan Jack Hennessy campaign. No. Now, I'm not saying nobody cares about that, but I'm saying it's time to move on. It is time to move on. And if it's time to move on, you should move on. It's not hard to accept defeat at any level, but it's also easy to move on. Move on. Other things that's on this city's agenda that has to have your attention. And you need to focus on that. Focus on that ASAP. So please, election officials say, no voter fraud, move on. Please do that, Maria Pereira. Please, back after this.
I remember that record a long time ago, and it was a group named Santa Esmeralda, another cha-cha. Now, people have asked me, Carlos, where do you find these records? You know, it's easy to find. You just got to look them up, call it playlists or apps and so forth. But it's there. So enjoy it while you can. Now, we talked about the local government, how they're doing. Now it's time for the federal government's turn. And they could royally screw things up. Now, the easiest thing that any party can do is to name, nominate, what have you, Speaker of the House of Representatives. It took now 15 tries to name Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House. 15 tries. Think about that. 15 tries. Now, how could this get done without anybody saying, oh, we can't have this guy to be the Speaker of the House? Well, pretty simply, you got people who are on the other side of the Republican Party who say, I don't want this guy to be Speaker of the House. I want this done. I want that done. I want this guy to run our party. This guy should run our party, not this guy. McCarthy, whoever else is on the nomination list for Speaker. Now, out of all the counts, all the counts that you all have seen, Kevin McCarthy had a hard time getting a majority from his own party. While on the Democratic side, the leader of that party, Hakeem Jeffries, did get all the votes. He got all the votes. He got all the votes needed to become the leader of the Democratic Party in the House of Representatives. That's what shows how fucked up all this is. Because you got one party that's got it together and the other party who doesn't. And the shameful thing about it is it is put in front of the American people's faces. Literally put in front of the American people's faces. This is what this party has done. Not all members of the Republican Party are like this. Just those fringe members that say, I want this. I want that. I want America to be like this. I want America to be like that. And guess what? The people are paying the price for it. Because while they had and naming the speaker, people are looking at the Democrats and they're saying to themselves, hey, wait a minute. Democrats got their shit together. They do. There are no controversies here. When they name a leader, they name a speaker, they got the votes. They all hang in there and say, hey, this is our guy. This is our gal. Not the Republican Party. Not the Republican Party at all. They don't have anything together. What they have together is total chaos and mass confusion. 
even if Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, that doesn't mean shit anymore. Whatever days it is to get this done, and you couldn't get it done because you got to, I want this guy to be the, the Speaker of the House, not Kevin McCarthy. You can't do that. It's the easiest thing to do in politics, in national politics. The whole nation is watching. Pretty much the whole world is watching. And you became a laughingstock. A laughingstock, literally. Because you can't get your way. Here's a little thing for both conservatives and liberals to understand. In politics, you're not getting your way. You're not. And if you think you're going to get your way because you got the R and the D on your side and you got this done, you want to get that done because the people elected you and in politics in Washington, D.C., it's all so different. No, it is not. It is not different at all. You could wear those badges of honor and it doesn't mean a damn thing. It doesn't. What it means is, is that, yes, you got elected, but in D.C., Washington, D.C., there are other things that have to take place before anything. And a lot of them don't know that. On both parties. Both parties are like that. I could really say I could put the Republicans on a pedestal and say, hey, this is them, even though they're the ones that put themselves in front of a whole nation of people and the world to see how shameful they looked. But Democrats ain't far off either. This should be a message to liberals. Don't do what conservatives are doing. Those fringe conservatives. They got it all wrong. Whoever gave them that playbook is a lousy coach. Whoever said this will work, this will work, threw his hands up and said, hey, let McCarthy in. Made a deal. Hey, give me that chairmanship on this committee. Give me that chairmanship on that committee. That's how it works in Washington, D.C., where they make deals all the time. It's a shame. It's a shame that it came to this. And it's a shame that Washington, D.C. came to a screeching halt. They couldn't elect the Speaker of the House. Even if you told them, hey, we need to elect the Speaker of the House. And it took 15 tries to do it. The whole world saw you. And the whole world saw you as an utter embarrassment. Democrats are, as a party, hey, they look great. They all hung in and voted for their guy. But Republicans, you look horrible. You look horrible because your guy had to get 15 tries at being named Speaker of the House and you whiffed each and every time. It's time to wake up. 
like I said about the city council, Maria Pereira here, it's time to wake up and do the business of the people. You got to do it now or you're going to lose a lot of people. We'll have more after this.
Hornsby and the range. That's just the way it is. Yeah, sometimes that's pretty much it. As far as what I talked about the first two times here. Literally and figuratively. I'm going to move on from that and move on and talk about Damar Hamlin. If you've seen Monday Night Football, I was clicking that in Surviving R. Kelly Part 3. Hamlin, collision you see in football all the time. He got up between three and five seconds. He then collapsed on the field. And there's two things that I totally did not want to see if I'm watching a football game. Number one, a guy who had literally broken his leg on the field. I did see that in the Super Bowl game between the 49ers and the Bengals, of all teams. And what happened that night? DeMar Hamlin went back, collapsed. The medical staffs of both teams rushed out into the field because they know the dire situation that he was in. The third thing is seeing a guy die on the field. You might say I'm callous about that's what I see my worst fears when I'm watching football, seeing a guy collapse and die. That is the worst thing that I ever, I mean, ever want to see. They got a pulse, gave him CPR during that process. Thankfully, he was rushed to a local hospital, which was 10 minutes away. And today, After progress, after progress, after progress, as of this day, he's breathing on his own. He's in critical condition. He can talk, and thankfully, he's still alive. He's still with us. Surviving R. Kelly was meaningless. We already know what happened to R. Kelly. He's going to serve 30 years. All the women have come out, and now they're believable. At this moment, at that moment, Monday night, For like the third time in my whole entire life, I've witnessed the third time ever, 9-11, it should be the second time in my life, and this, sports and football were meaningless. Didn't mean a thing. I didn't care about my pool thing that I was in at my job. Didn't care about it. What I cared about, is this guy going to live? Is this guy going to be able to at least get up on his two feet, have good brain function, because there is a certain time, I I hear seven seconds, I hear nine, 11, whatever time frame, that a brain does not go without oxygen. That was my main concern. I'm a Jets fan. I'm a Jets fan. I want to see this guy live. You don't want to see a person die on the football field. You don't want to see a person on the football field get injured and the last thing on their minds is that he would die. You can't hope that and you can't wish that upon people. You can't. Because this is a violent game. This is a violent game they play. They get paid a lot of money and when their time is up, so to speak, they say, hey, we'll let you go. No guaranteed contracts. Nothing is guaranteed. Not even their life. He almost lost it on the field. And at that moment in time, football was meaningless. Totally meaningless. It didn't mean a damn thing. And the thing about it is, there are people out there that could, you know, literally care less. 
the Skip Baylesses of the world. I'm not going to call for his show, Undisputed, to be pulled off the air or canceled. That's up to the networks. But what Skip Bayless said, I'm not going to repeat it, was totally heartless. He said a lot of totally heartless things. Dak Prescott talks about depression. And the only thing on his mind is he played for the Dallas Cowboys. Knowing that a guy, a human being, has a depressed issues on his mind and wants to talk about it, he does go around and talk about it. No, not Skip Bayless. But if you want to, you know, put a show off the air, that's up to Fox Sports 1. I could care less. But remember one thing. A man almost lost his life. He almost lost his life playing the game he loved. Sixth round draft pick out of Pittsburgh has a charity that's almost raised $4 million. And back when he got this started, raised, I think, $2,500. Tom Brady gave a generous donation. Not this guy. Did he give anything? Who knows? This is why they play the game. And when they find out the calamities afterwards that happens to them physically, they tell you they would do it all over again. Why? Hey, competition. They love it. They want to compete. All athletes want to compete. All athletes want to be out there and say, I want to play against this. I want to play against that. They want to compete. But also in the meantime, they know what they're getting into. They know what physically they're going to get into. And they know physically afterwards, it's not going to be the same. But they do it. And the reason why they do it, because we love it. They love it. They love to play. I'm not going to say at all costs. Some guys have retired from football a little earlier than expected. Calvin Johnson, Andrew Luck, Barry Sanders only played nine years. Jim Brown only played nine years of football. Maybe he knew something that we didn't know. And in the end, now we all know. The collision between T. Higgins and DeMar Hamlin was harmless to us watching the game. But when you hear the term cardiac arrest happen on the field, what can you say? You could say one thing. He almost lost his life, but thankfully he hasn't. Still in critical condition, he's breathing on his own. He's could move his extremities. They had a team meeting with the Bills and they had a FaceTime posted on their locker room. He did a little flex for the team. I know a lot of guys, even the coaching staff, were a little emotional about that. Just seeing him and seeing him alive. Another thing. When he became conscious, he asked the doctors, did we win? And they said, yeah, you won. You won in life. He's won because he's currently still alive and doing better. And we all should pray that he gets better every single day. Every single day. Because (sighs) that was tough for me. Because me going back and forth watching that and surviving R. Kelly, I said to hell with R. Kelly. I know what happened to him. I had to watch this. I have to know if this guy's going to get better. Because me personally, as a person with heart disease, I don't want that to happen to anybody. I don't. Don't want it to happen to anybody. It's hard for me. It's going to be hard for him. And he's young. 24 years old. Shouldn't have to go through that. 
blunt force trauma to his chest. Shouldn't happen to him. It's not T. Higgins' fault. It was an accident. It happened. I'm not going to say it happens all the time, but it happened at that moment. So, to Damar Hamlin, to the Buffalo Bills organization, good luck the rest of the way. You know, it's going to be rough. Your guy's still alive. I shouldn't say rough. It's going to be okay. So, I usually close my show with Telly Savalas. And now I'm just going to, because of the whole Damar Hamlin situation, I'm going to close the show with Prince. Send it out to Damar Hamlin. Baby, I am a star. That concludes episode 18, season 4 of the Bridgeport Zone podcast. We'll see you next time. Oh.